Welcome again to the Babbleheads Podcast with Bryson and Corey. <laughs> you can do better. Come on, you can do better. I've heard you do better. <clears throat> Welcome to the Babbleheads Podcast with Bryson and Corey. So, here we are again. Mm-hmm. Not sure what we're going to talk about. We'll yeah, have to see where the... that's the best uh, part. That's the best episode start with just pouring a little bit of whiskey and going to town. Oh, yeah. There yeah. we go. Listen to that. I'm sure you heard that. Yeah. I've uh, never had Bush Mills, but let's try it. Cheers. Cheers. We're branching out from the gentleman this week. Mm, that's good. I don't know. I might like that better than gentlemen. That's fine, man. Whatever you mm. want to do. The aftertaste is a little rough. It's uh, it's a little more, a little more potent. That stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't say the potency gets me. It's the actual aftertaste right there. But we'll gentlemen see. is smoother. Yeah, maybe. I. Uh, you might yeah. like the red bush. It's a little different. Yeah. Black bush, red bush. Every bush is a good bush. Oh, Let's yes. be honest. Um, oh. Oh man. Oh, uh, look what I forgot to do before we started recording. Yeah, I feel like you saved that just for this occasion. <laughs> that is <laughs> seltzer. You hear yes. it? It's yes. delicious sound. One of the many things that uh, we have adapted is our attempt to get Yeah, healthy. the first time I ever took a sip of seltzer, I thought it was the most hideous thing I'd ever tasted. Because yeah. my whole life, all I ever had for fizzy drink was sugar syrup. Yep. I, uh... It's fascinating when you stop eating the garbage, how you actually start to taste things. Oh, I know. It's unbelievable. Can you believe the... Th- and it, again, it may sound a little bit over the top, what we're about to say, but the flavors things have when you stop dousing them in sauce, mm. it's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is. It's The only thing I've experienced more than that was when I quit smoking cigarettes. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, man. So, not the proudest thing in my history, but I used to be a pack to pack and a half a day smoker for like a few years. Why? Uh, who knows? <laughs> I, I think I originally started because um, I uh, had broken up with a girl and she didn't like cuz i used to i used to like have a cigarette once in a while like mm-hmm. if i was drinking like i'd have one socially because like whatever reason you know what i mean i was in college and there's a place and a time for everything and that time is college throwback <laughs> so uh you know I, I think i had a couple cigarettes here and there um but it never really was like a, i was i would never have considered myself a cigarette smoker mm-hmm. but then for some reason like and i think this is how tobacco companies get you yeah. so like i had smoked a cigarette every once in a while and then all of a sudden an event happened in my life that triggered this weird thing in my brain like and i just said you know what i'm going to go get a goddamn pack of cigarettes i'm going to smoke every one of those sons of bitches and it's going to feel great See, I've never... It's going to relieve that stress and the horrible feeling I have right now. I'm going to feel great. She hated cigarettes, so I'm going to smoke them, and she's going to hate me, and I'm going to feel great. Yeah, see, whenever I was around people who smoked, I got headaches growing up. So that kind of... I've never once had... My name's Corey. I can't be around people who smoke. It gives me migraines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I've never had the draw of being like... 
yeah, this sounds like a good idea. I'm going to get that scent no, all over I mean, my clothes. So when you're in the place in time for everything, that place is college. When you're in that place, you do things that maybe aren't the smartest thing. I mean, I obviously knew that smoking cigarettes was not good for your health. I mean, mm-hmm. Obviously. I mean, everybody in this day and age knows that. It's not 1945. But I think at that age, you have this feeling of invincibility. Yeah. And you don't think about the consequences of your actions as much as you should. So, I mean, I probably wasn't thinking about what it was doing to my body. I was just like, it feels good right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you wouldn't understand that not having ever smoked cigarettes really. So I can't really try to hope to explain that feeling to you. But it's when you first start, it's like you're doing it for some reason. For me, it was because I was mad at a girl and I wanted to get over her right so mm. it was a stupid thing I was a kid you know what I mean I was 19 or whatever and mm-hmm. I was like you know I'm gonna stick it to the man man by sticking it to me though <laughs> right so like I did that and then you get addicted then you get that physical addiction yeah. and that's a whole different thing so once that happens once you've crossed that threshold into physical addiction to it you need it like it's a hunger so the best way i can describe it is literally like your body has a hunger for it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and if you don't get it you get crotchety and you just are just a miserable son of a bitch you know what i mean so it's kind of like that it's kind of like food so like you know if you you go without a meal and you're a fat guy you're gonna be miserable man you're gonna be like come on i'm so hungry i'm gonna die even though you got like 37 years of stored food yeah, see, I've I've never had something that's a true addiction, but I have gone on the low carb diets, and you feel like you can you yeah, and oh, I, the cravings I, for for carbs yeah are legit. Oh man, yeah, I I obviously you feel I like a crackhead. So I've never had something like cigarettes where I can compare it to, but I mean sometimes. I'll get something and eat it before I even realize what I'm doing. I don't know, man. I think that you might... I would say that I'm kind of an addictive personality. Mm -hmm. You know how they say that that's a thing, right? Addictive personality types. I get obsessed. I'm an obsessive person. So, But not in like a compulsory way. So I don't think I have like, you know, OCD or anything Mm -hmm. diagnosable. But I think that I... When I get my mind on something, I'm like... I'm on it and I'm on it hard and I go all in on stuff. Like I don't like if I'm going to be a cigarette smoker, I'm going to smoke some damn cigarettes. Mm. I'm going to smoke them hard. So I couldn't be a three cigarette a day smoker. No, no, I'm going to be a freaking pack and a half a day smoker because that's what smokers do. Right. And I'm not a quitter. So (laughs) I'm not quitting. Yeah. See, I, uh, but you know, that all changes. I mean, I got with another girl, so that kind of went away, that desire to stick it to the man. And then all I was left with was this physical addiction, which, by the way, is really hard to get over. <laughs> Dude, I-, I give credit to everybody who's ever quit smoking cigarettes. I've been through that myself. It is probably, if not the hardest thing I've ever done, it's definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, and I actually quit in a really, I guess, odd way. Everybody says that it's, it doesn't work for quitting, but it did for me. I um, I took up e-cigarettes when they were first kind of becoming a thing. And I made this plan the day I got them. Because 
it, it came out of necessity. I was poor. I was broke. I was working in retail, making jack shit dollars an hour. Yep. And um, I I came to this crossroad. Trina and I were, um, God, I think I took her to like, I don't know, like the gynecologist or something. And I was sitting in the parking lot without a cigarette. And I, cause I couldn't afford to buy a pack of cigarettes. I had like mm-hmm. six bucks to my name until Friday. And it was like Wednesday. And I'm thinking to myself like, holy shit, I don't have any cigarettes until Friday. What am I going to do to get <laughs> me through these next two days without cigarettes? I can't live with, I would buy cigarettes before I buy food. That's, that's how bad it was. No, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's true. So I sat in the parking lot. I'm like, wait a second. I had this like eureka moment while she was at the gynecologist. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to allow myself to be held hostage by this addiction anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how can I, how can I get rid of this? So I thought about it and thought about it. I'm like, well, I need this nicotine. Like I'm going to die. Like I physically felt that way. Like yeah. I'm going to die if I don't get this damn nicotine. So I got to figure out a way to get it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go down to nice and easy or wherever. And I'm going to buy one of those like $5, $6 e-cigarettes from behind the counter. And I'm going to do that. That'll last me a couple days. That'll work. So mm-hmm. I did. And it was terrible. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> it was nothing like smoking a cigarette. It's nothing like it. Hmm. And I hated it. And I was like, I'm just going to start smoking cigarettes again. And then Trina kind of encouraged me. She's like, you can do it. You just need to get a better one. So when I got paid, instead of spending $50 that week on buying cigarettes, because, mm-hmm. you know, at least, because I used to smoke Marlboros, because again, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. I'm not mm-hmm. going to, if I'm going to drink whiskey, it's going to be what I want. If I'm going to smoke cigarettes, it's going to be Marbs. It's going to be what I want. So that's 10, in New York State where we live, it's over $10 a pack with tax. Yeah. So I worked a minimum wage job, basically. I mean, just above so I didn't. I don't even think at the time I was making ten bucks an hour. So that was literally more than an hour's worth of my time every time. So, I mean, I would spend at a pack and a half a day. That's seven, three and a half. That's ten packs a week. That's a hundred dollars a week. I yeah. made like two hundred bucks a week. Yeah. <laughs> so that was half my income. So fifty bucks investment was not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. So I bought another type online that was like a way better one. And it was. It was definitely way better. And I used that one for like six months on like a really high nicotine setting because that's what I needed because I was addicted hard. Mm-hmm. And so then I made the step down to like instead of extra, extra high, I went to extra high. And then I ended up saying, you know what? I want a little bit better experience. So I went and bought like a $100 e-cig thing from a store locally. And it was way better. You know, I was way ha- I was much happier with it. And I started buying my vape juice from there and I went from extra from extra high to just high and I think I stayed on high for quite a while I I did e-cigarettes for two years I think Mm -hmm. but I I stuck to it and every six months was my goal every six months I dropped a grade of nicotine Mm -hmm. levels so by the time I got to low my actual addiction was not that bad but I still had that habitual addiction so I even went to zero Mm -hmm. I went to no nicotine at all but I kept it for six months. Yeah. And I kept doing that habitual thing where I just sit there and puff on it or whatever. And then eventually I just stopped. Yeah. See, I guess my thing with cigarettes is, you know, and it used to be, 
uh, cigars as well. But <sighs> talking with you, I understand the appeal of cigars a little bit more, especially since the, you're really not supposed to inhale. No, those. don't. Oh my God, you'll yeah. die. <laughs> it's so a terrible. I idea. know people that do and have for years. Yeah. But um, so like, it feels bad, man. I guess my thing with cigarettes is I've always seen them as the only reason people smoke cigarettes is they never enjoy actually smoking them. It's just the high. Yeah, it's from like, it, it is. And, you know, you do kind of get the similar um, nicotine thing from cigars, uh-huh. but it's a different thing. You know, it's a, it's a, you actually get a huge, like if you sit there and you just smoke a, a whole cigar in yeah. one sitting, which I do, you know, probably once yeah. a week. If you do that, you, you get a pretty good buzz, almost like you drank a glass of whiskey fast. Yeah. See, that's the thing is we've talked about it before. I drink whiskey because I like the taste. Yeah, well, that's the same reason why I smoke, smoke cigars. cigars. But it has nothing to do with the buzz. Yeah. Actually, I kind of don't. I dislike the buzz yeah. actually at this point because, especially because I I generally like to enjoy my cigar with a glass of whiskey. That's just my personal preference. I like it, mm-hmm. and the flavors for me tend to complement each other, especially if you pair the right type of cigar with the right type of whiskey. Yeah, and there is an art to that. Yeah, I get but, it. Um, you know. I don't even care about the buzz. I yeah. really don't. Like, yeah. I'm not out to get screwed up anymore. Exactly. I just I just really like it. I mean, actually, I even now, like, because I have a young family, whatever, I don't have a, I don't really have the option to sit outside for three hours and smoke a 60-ring cigar. Yeah. Right? So when I do it, I really enjoy it, or I try to squeeze it in to things that I'm already going to be outdoors for. So I have a lawn. I have to mow my lawn. Mm-hmm. So when I get on my tractor... I grab a cigar out of the humidor and I when you pop get it on in. your lawnmower. It's it's a garden tractor, homie. It's a lawnmower. It's a tractor. It's a riding mower. It's a garden tractor. So, but you get what I'm saying, like, and again, I don't know, but to me, it never seems like someone likes the taste of cigarettes. No, I mean, well, it. that was that a little bit. Like, so I had people around me who smoked different types of cigarettes. Obviously, you know, everybody yeah. has their flavor. Um. And I couldn't do menthols. Mm-hmm. That was re- that really grossed me out. Some people were into that, um, not me. Um, my friend used to smoke. We call them rollies. Um, it's when you go and you buy literally not even cigarette tobacco. You go down and buy a bag of pipe tobacco, ah. like the string cut stuff, and it's and you take it and you put it in like a rolling machine with little cigarette tubes and you push a lever and and it makes a cigarette mm-hmm. people do that when they're really poor and destitute and want to keep smoking cigarettes because pipe tobacco is like 10 bucks for a gallon jug yeah. <laughs> and those like tubes are like four bucks so you can get like a carton of cigarettes for seven dollars or whatever yeah. instead of a hundred so those i tried one one time and i vowed never ever again because it tasted like straight butthole yeah well but i smoked yeah. a specific type i so I wouldn't, um, I would never have anything other than, um, they were Marlboro number 27s. It was like a special blend that they did and that was the kind I liked. So I never, I never really bummed cigarettes off people very often cause I just didn't, it, it was a little bit about the flavor for me. It definitely yeah. was. Like I'm not, I've always been that kind of guy though. I'm not going to put something in me that I don't like. Yeah. See, my thing is you look at vaping. And these people that do the ridiculous, like, tricks and stuff, and... Do you even vape, though? I... (laughs) So, I loved in The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit the talk about, you know, there's... In 
it's arguable that they weren't smoking nicotine. It was weed. Like, uh, yeah. But yeah. whatever it was, whatever. And they talk about doing the tricks and Gandalf can make like magically infused yeah. things. And it's like, I always thought that was pretty cool. But to me, I never was like, man, I got to start smoking so I can do these tricks. <laughs> well, um, you know, I mean, it kind of is what it is. Vape for me was a means to an end. Yeah. And but, I, I, I get it a little bit, but to be honest with you, seeing like these young kids with the bubble gum flavor, yeah, yeah it kind of makes me a little sick to my stomach. It's yeah. kind of like if Marlboro had come out with like uh, bubble gum, like cher- cherry vanilla, yeah, well, <laughs> cigarettes, pumpkin spice cigarettes. <laughs> get all the basic bitches <laughs> yeah. to start smoking. So my issue that's is how they just get you in like, the fall. Yeah, exactly. Like with mixed <laughs> drinks, it's like if you don't like the taste of alcohol, you have no purpose drinking alcohol. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Jury's out on whether vaping is is as bad for you as smoking. I mean, I I'm sort of in the camp because I did it for a few years and I kind of have totally anecdotal personal experience um, and no scientific studies to back it up whatsoever. But from my personal experience, I felt like I felt healthier on doing vape than I did when I smoked cigarettes. And this is going to get a little morbid here, a little gross. Um, the first week after the first week I stopped smoking actual physical cigarettes and started mm-hmm. vaping, I um, was in the shower and I coughed and yeah. I went <clears throat> and it's a spray of nasty black juice uh-huh. was all over the inside of my shower. And I was like, <clears throat> yeah, that scared me, man. And that's one uh-huh. of the things I never was like, I'm never going back. Yeah. Well, that's I think the people that have that, that because I think it's fairly common for heavy smokers to cough up the black tar yeah i never did until after i stopped yeah i i don't know i think my lungs were like healing and stuff like that i think the vaping whether or not it's worse it's still bad i think yeah i don't think i mean the people who say that it's totally harmless I think yeah. that's a foolish argument. Well, I, mean, I think if you're you were putting to, something in your lungs that's not meant to yeah, be. Yeah, I think if you were to take just water vapor and inhale it every day, It'd that that's still not bad good for, for you. you. Yeah, your your lungs are not meant to inhale things other than air that frequently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Um, that's that's why you know, like I said, I kind of enjoyed the taste of my special cigarettes that I liked. You know, mm-hmm. so when I've discovered cigars because I, I used to smoke cigars a lot with my buddies but they were like you know um the best cigars we got were backwoods from yeah. the convenience store that come in a baggie mm-hmm. you know we'd get swisher sweets and black and milds and whatever and we'd smoke them and we'd enjoy them and um that was before i started smoking cigarettes too you know that was just something we did we didn't inhale do you think it's part of the status symbol too of like the cigar like when you go golfing you get the All cigar right. so a black and mild is not a status symbol <laughs> Mm. And neither is a social sweet. Yeah, but but, I, but I, you know, let me just for example, mid uh, mid podcast. I just reached into the humidor. Check this thing out. This is a uh, Gurkha East India Company classic cigar. It's a vintage style Maduro box press. Mm-hmm. That definitely looks like more of a you know status symbol than a swisher sweet. Most definitely. <laughs> You know, if you saw somebody smoking that, you'd be like, hmm, that guy's got a thing he's doing. Yeah. I. So, like I said, I don't, 
I'm 99.9999999% sure I'll never smoke anything in my life. I'm going to get you wasted someday. <laughs> no. <laughs> see, <laughs> because I just don't see... No, I would never deal. want to force you to do something. But if like yeah. I was around and like I was having a cigar and we were drinking whiskey or something, we're just hanging out, and you were like, man, you know what? Let me try one hit of that thing. I want to see what it tastes like with the whiskey. I would totally understand you wanting to do that. And I, I definitely have nothing wrong with people that want to do it responsibly. I mean, just I mean, several months ago, my friend Justin and I and his friend Blake, um, I set up a table in my garage. Mm-hmm. We cracked the door and it was winter time. So when we cracked the door a little, turned the heat on in the garage and um, we each had, I had um, some really nice cigars. They were uh, Gurkha Widowmakers. They're really mm-hmm. delicious. Um, we each had one of those, and each of them brought four different whiskeys each, and I brought four, and we all sat around that table, and we had our fancy little Glencairn glasses, which, for anybody who's not a whiskey connoisseur, a Glencairn um, is a special whiskey tasting glass. Mm-hmm. It's shaped like a vase, kind of, and it's meant to bring out the aroma and the flavor of good whiskey. <laughs> Um, kind of like a wine glass does for wine. Yeah. Um, so we all had our Glen Cairns and we sat around and like snobbish weirdos, we each poured a little bit in the glass and we would taste it, um, you know, smell it and taste it. And we talk about it a little bit, have a couple hits of the cigar. I feel like you should have been there. You probably, probably. would have really enjoyed it. And, um, you would have maybe gotten more of an appreciation for why, we like, I mean, Justin only smokes maybe two cigars a year. Mm-hmm. Blake, same thing, you know, once in yeah. a great, great while. And I was probably the most frequent cigar. I provided all the cigars because yeah. <laughs> I'm the only one who has a humidor. Um, but, you know, I think that in that type of a situation, no one would judge you for wanting to have that experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think um, it's also funny, too, when you and I talk, I think the best of friends are the people that understand that like you just told the story about how you invited these two guys over to hang out and drink whiskey and do that yeah it's like i'm not at all sitting over here like man i wasn't invited because i think and this is getting a little bit in left field but it's like i always get annoyed with people that like are well why wasn't i invited (laughs) why didn't you invite me to go what's going on and i mean we've joked around that i think on an earlier podcast but it's like life is different for everybody yeah and we all have different circles of friends and not everybody can be invited to everything exactly and it's not like yeah i if i had went it'd probably have been the same experience i probably wouldn't have smoked a cigar you actually probably would have gotten a little bit just from the air it was pretty smoggy in there you might not have even been comfortable being there i think that was actually the reason why i like i thought to invite you but then i um kind of made the decision not to because I, um, <laughs> your child's I, babbling. Yeah, you. Did you everybody hear that? He's That's babbling. my son. It's almost ten o'clock at night, and he's still awake. He's oh been. Boy. You're in for a night. Oh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. But yeah, I didn't invite you. I think I think I actually had the thought to to invite you over, but then I'm like, you know what? We're gonna be smoking cigars. It's winter. The garage is gonna be basically closed. Yeah. Um, so it's gonna be a freaking clam bacon here. Yeah, and it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we ended up having, we had the door just cracked a little with a fan trying to like blow things out. We ended up having to open the door up all the way 
And when I did that, we walked outside to catch a little fresh air, and it and we looked back, and it looked like my garage was on fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like we went up to our my uh, family's camp, and you and I think Josh had the cigars. Yeah. And yeah, you know, and I am the type of guy. Yeah. I will always one share my cigars. I always if I'm bringing cigars to an event, there will yeah. be enough for me and some others. And if I bring a cigar to an event, and there's people who are not smoking cigars. Yes. I do not let my smoke blow in their face. Yes, and you're always even. I'll move more around a fire to even ask if it was okay mm-hmm. in that situation. So again, I have no issue with it, and it's it's funny because my delve into podcasting has always been very stark differences. You got me into the Joe Rogan podcast, which is probably one of the most popular podcasts out there. Yeah, and I also follow a D and D podcast that's. One of the most popular one of those out there. Yep. But, you know, when it comes to Joe Rogan, he's he's definitely big on mind-altering oh, yeah. things. And it's kind of opened my eyes to the fact that it's a different experience that if you appreciate it and, you know, you know what you're getting in and yeah. respect it, that's so, a different way of approaching Yeah, for it. sure. And um, I've been down that street yeah. And, uh, you know, it's... Abusing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a place and a time for everything, and that place is college. <laughs> I think you're abusing that line. No, uh, I'm going to use it. You know what? I think they talk about, and you've heard about, like, uh, wigwams and all these things where ancient peoples and Native Americans would get together and have, like, these spiritual wigwams. things. Wigwams. That's such a great fra- turn right? of phrase. So Wigwam. I... You know, we all look at it as kind of barbaric. Yeah, you you get in there, you you get into your wigwam, and you smoke them peace pipe. <laughs> yeah, so like it seems kind of barbaric and strange, but then you look at all these people that go to bars that just it's no pound different. beer after it's beer. It's no different. No, and I think you know as Here's long the thing. as it's done. There, there's a very small percentage of the population that does not use mind altering drugs. Yeah. And it's not necessarily acid or peyote or Mm -hmm. um, DMT or whatever other crazy, powerful LSD drug that you're going to do. Most everybody that I know in my life Mm -hmm. has had alcohol. And at the end of the day, alcohol is a mind-altering drug. Yeah, you have to have a respect for it and not abuse it. Yeah, I think we're pretty good at that so far. So I guess uh, next week we're doing peyote on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, that's not happening. Um, but it's, to me, I have a tough time because I truly believe that people should be able to do whatever they want as long as it doesn't affect me. Yeah. So, you know, there talk, there's talks about how weed is going to be legal here in New York eventually. Who mm-hmm. knows how long that's going to be? It could be next year. It could be 10 years from now. Yeah. If Larry Sharp becomes the governor, it'll probably be next year. Yeah. I'm all for Hey. Everybody, everybody who's listening to this, vote Larry Sharp. Okay, let's go into Larry Sharp for a little bit because I want to talk about politics. Oh in a, no! In a non-threatening way. Yeah, how's that gonna work in the in the divisive country that we live in today, where everyone has yeah. to toe a party line? How can we talk about nonpartisan politics? Let's look at a third party for a second and what it truly can mean in an ideal world. So Larry Sharp is a libertarian, which is admittedly more right-leaning than the Green Party, which is a little left-leaning. But yeah. they're both pretty close to the minute. 
to the middle. The minner. The minner to the middle. Yeah. So what a real third party could do if it was validated is provide that evening out and check and balances of, hey, Republicans should have this set of values. Yeah. Democrats should have this set of values. Right. But so you don't have those set of values. Right. Republicans Why? are supposed to preach fiscal responsibility and social conservatism and that type of thing. Uh, Democrats should be out there preaching for you know um, social welfare and and being exactly. you know actually out for the people. Um, but we don't live in that place anymore. I mean, yeah. Democrats don't do that. Republicans don't do that. Yeah. They all play the same game. And at the end of the day, I would I I I. I'm registered Republican. At yeah. the end of the day, I'm registered. Yeah, I'm a registered Republican, but I don't feel as though I'm only registered Republican so I can vote in a primary. Yes, and that's and I can uh, I can I can vote in the uh, gubernatorial race. I can vote for whoever I want. You know, congressional race. I can vote for whoever I want. And it's a shame you can't vote for unless you're Republican or Democrat. You cannot vote in the primaries. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But at the end of the day. The biggest argument against the third party is that they will inevitably "quote unquote" rob votes from yeah. the other political parties, which is true to a point. So here's the difference: seventy percent of people don't vote. Yes, in in New York State, um, the reason why I'm like vote Larry Sharp, like I'm pressing Larry Sharp hard. I think I'm gonna get some signs. I might get some signs. Let's get some signs. Let's get some. Signs. I've, all I've seen, by the way, is like people who've hand painted them. Yeah, because which is I, awesome in yeah, itself. That shows that people actually have the support. Somebody went out, bought a piece of plywood, stenciled it, stenciled it out, and yeah. actually like you know spray painted it. But um, so the reason why I'm pushing for Larry Sharp is because New York State's a great place for something like this to happen. Yeah. Um, because I hate to break this to people who don't know, but New York State is kind of a democratic state slightly and so, it's also no matter what your party line is pretty corrupt so in oh my god new york's the most corrupt state in the united states arguably yeah. um but here's the deal so republicans in new york state that are running for governor and you know the state assemblies and stuff like that sacrificial land yeah they they don't even they know they're gonna lose they don't even yeah. like they don't try and everybody knows they're gonna lose you know, all the Republicans that live in New York State, which, you know what? There's a lot of them. Yeah. Upstate. There's a lot of them. Upstate has a lot. You know, we're not talking about New York City. When you're talking about New York, when we say New York, we're talking about actual New York State, which, yeah. and for those of you who don't know, is a place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's this big, huge piece of landmass attached to New York City yeah. that's called New York State. And we bend to the will of New York City because yeah. there's more people in Manhattan and the surrounding boroughs than there is in the rest of New York State, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that. Well, I think the big issue, too, is with the two parties, you'll find that both have valid causes that affect different groups of people. Yeah. No, and I'm not I'm not trying to say that uh, you know Republicans are great. You should vote for Republicans. I'm not saying Libertarians are great. You should vote for Libertarians. I think every single person should think for themselves. Yeah. And I think the issue is that the city has such a great population that they kind of overwrite what we need. And yeah. that that's nothing against yeah, the people it, there. New York they, State bends to the will of New York City, and that's because there's a lot of people there. Yeah, and it's just... And a lot of power. Their issues are valid, but so are ours. Yeah. And that's... 
it's frustrating when people don't realize that that's what the current voting system is in place for. And um, the Electoral College is because if we didn't have the Electoral College, the cities would determine what happens yeah, across yeah. the The country. Electoral College is kind of set up in a way to protect the interests of all people rather than just the people who live on the coast. Ideally, am I going to say in an it's, ideal system, it's yeah. not a perfect world. No, nothing we nobody but the nobody problem lives in a perfect is world. that if the cities determine everything, the needs of the people in rural areas are not met. But if it was the other way around, same thing. Same thing. So, you're never going to find a perfect system. And I don't want to here get too much into politics yeah no i think we should mention just a couple of things that larry sharp has proposed and why maybe we support him well i think that and the idea that we should not be afraid to look into it and then have our own opinion yeah yeah i think we should encourage everybody listening to this podcast to do your research you know and as much as i the people who you're going for don't like his majesty andrew cuomo (laughs) if there's something you think that you like that he does you have every right to yeah, vote for him. Absolutely. Um, so I just want to really quick before we, you know, turn this thing around 180 degrees and go somewhere else. Um, I wanted to talk just a little bit about Larry Sharp, his some of his policy proposals that yeah. I think are really interesting. How about you pick one? I'll talk about one because I definitely have been doing a lot of research. Yeah, I yeah. Know you have too. Yeah. So you pick your favorite. I'll pick my favorite. Okay. Hopefully they're not the same because that'll make it really, uh, really sure, short. But that's okay. Um. So my favorite policy that he's proposed is privatizing um, toll roads and bridges. Yes, I that. Is a close second for me. Okay, great. So I'm yeah. going to talk about that first. That's my number one. Let's try and keep it sharp. <laughs> this will be rather pointed. Mm-hmm. Um, so his idea on this. So um, think about um, stadiums. You know, um, AT&T Stadium is the biggest NFL stadium in Texas or whatever. Um, all the stadiums in every major sport are um, sponsored by a company. You know, it's and it's a lot of money. You know, yes. it's a lot of money, millions of dollars a year. Hundreds of millions. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Um, so what he was proposing is let's allow companies to sponsor highways and bridges and things of that nature. So right now, New York State has terrible infrastructure. Terrible. Yep. Our stuff is falling apart. We live in an area right now, actually, a pretty great example. Um, there were four, is it four or five, um, single lane bridges that... Um, run across uh, the Erie Canal. Yep. It's the Erie, right? Yeah, it's yeah, the Erie. I think, yeah. Either way, it's a it's a river, canal, whatever. There's yep. these bridges that run across it and they connect our area. They're the only way that connects our area mm-hmm. to um, where the, uh, the a big casino resort is where a lot of people in our area work. Yep. That, that casino employs like, uh, you know, um, a th- you know, over a thousand people, I believe. It's a yep. big, big thing. And um, people used to be able to drive these bridges both to go and visit that place and go to work there. And it took, you know, from our small town, probably about 20 minutes, 25 Mm -hmm. minutes to get there by using these bridges. Well, was it 10 years ago? It was less than that. Maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, The county announced that they would no longer be repairing these bridges and that they would go out of service indefinitely forever. Yep. Yep. Um, so all of these bridges were condemned and never to be repaired, just to left to rot. And, um, so everyone who used to go on those bridges now had to find a new way around. 
and people's commutes doubled yep. who went to this place. Um, and that's just one example. I mean, there's yeah. so many. Well, I think the biggest thing too is, and I never realized this, is the, the corruption with this whole thing as far as the current system, and this is New York City. There And I wish I knew the name of the bridge, but this is one of Larry Sharp's examples on the Joe Rogan podcast, so mm. I suggest you listen to that. And he tells that this bridge was built, and the goal was that tolls would be paid until the bridge was paid off. Mm-hmm. However, certain interests in the government decided... Well, they get used to that money. We're going to finance this, so we're never paying it off. Yep, and so it's still being... So now we're going to charge $100... For yep. large trucks to yep. pass. Every time a tractor trailer drives over that bridge, it's a $100 bill. And what I didn't know is that the throughway we used was yep. promised that same thing. Yep, absolutely. So, Last time I drove from here to Albany, I have family in Albany. Yeah. Um, so for anybody listening, that would mean I got on in the city of Utica and I drove to Albany. It was, I think, $4. Yep. And I, that doesn't sound like a lot, but how many people use the throughway? Yeah, anyway? yeah. And I actually... Um, on part of my commute, if I were to use the thruway, it would um, shorten my commute by ten minutes. Yep. But I choose not to because it would cost me, I think, two dollars and fifty cents every day. Yep. So that's ten dollars a week. That's one hundred twenty dollars a year. Yep. And I think the proposal. I know is I that, sound cheap. Okay, I get yeah, it. The proposal is that you know a company like Amazon, UPS, Google would be able to purchase a thruway. Well, not purchase. Sponsor. Sponsor, but they'd be able to have the rights to build their own road next to it. Well, yes. Or, I mean, this this is, this is there's, there's more than one. There's a lot to it, but I so like that. The idea that I liked was them just sponsoring the road, and then any repairs that were needed on the road, instead of charging them a fee mm-hmm. to, to sponsor it, you know, whatever, $300 million a year, they're responsible standard. for all repairs they have to make anything but then the the i-90 the new york state thruway is now called at&t freeway yeah so for instance a company like ups or something like that to me but not allowed to charge tolls that was another thing yes what i like about them taking over that responsibility but having the rights to build something is you might be like well why would they ever want to build a road imagine if ups or even the post office which I don't know what I feel about the post office, but let's say UPS or Amazon. Imagine Amazon could build a road that only Amazon could use. Okay? Imagine how much faster your packages would arrive. Imagine how much more likely Amazon would like to build facilities here. The fact that they can get instant, uninterrupted access... Then maybe they start selling passes to their road where you can pay X amount of dollars and have free reign on their road. And you can go as fast as you like. Yeah. Now, (laughs) I get something that somebody said to me, which is a valid concern, is liability. Let's say an accident happens on the road. What happens? Well, the truth is it would remain the same as it does today. Yeah, I mean, does any does AT&T get sued when someone falls down the stairs at AT&T Stadium? No. Yeah. So, I think that's it's still state property. They're renting it. So the state would still They're not even renting it. They're selling the naming rights. Yeah, exactly. They're not even yeah. And the, so, and, and Larry's argument is, you know, every single time someone says there's a pile up on AT&T Highway, that's free advertising. Yeah. So 
Something not free. too. Not so free. we've covered what you like, and I love that too. But what I really like is the education reform. I'm a little mixed on this one. So I know a lot of teachers. So do I. And I'm not a teacher. So what I did is I went to somebody that's close to me and I said, listen, I'd really like your opinion. I value, I value your opinion as a teacher. Right. You know, I love your stance on a lot of things when it comes to education. Mm -hmm. I'd like your thought on this. And the first big thing he says is they need to get the federal government out of education in New York, which I am all for. We don't need somebody in Washington telling us what people in New York need to know. Yeah, I think that's a huge federal overreach yes. anyway. but um, So I think we both agree on that. The next is we need to reduce administrators. Yeah, that's a... I mean, I agree, but man, the way that's proposed is still tough. It's a little tough. The issue is that we need to be willing to accept that some of us are going to fail, but that's okay because failure on the current standard is still success. Because he talks about the fact that before the 80s, none of this was regulated. And look at how many successful people came out of the middle of nowhere. Our parents all learned to read and write. My grandfather, who was abandoned at 14, learned to read and write, knew the importance of school, all that stuff. Yeah, actually, thinking about this, my grandfather, sharp guy, he Mm -hmm. could... um, Name all the 50 states. Yep. He could name every county in New York State. Yep. He could... I could tell him, where's Tanzania? Yeah. And he'd pull the globe and he'd go, right there. Yeah. And I mean, I think truly intelligent people will thrive everywhere. And... So we're screwed. Yes. Yeah, some of them <laughs> will... Some, some districts will fail. And that will mean better for the students. And I think... What I like a lot about it, and you have to read everything he says, but the idea is you get paid per kid, let's reduce administrators, let the local PTA and all of that work together to figure out the curriculum. I like the idea of not basing funding on trivial things like standardized testing and things like that. Um, I think the pay per kid idea is a good idea. Mm -hmm. I think reducing administration is a great idea. But I think that just trying to reduce administration by immediately hacking budgets is not necessarily a good idea. But I do agree that the budgets need to be cut. The thing is that... Not cut. Let's say trimmed. We've seen this locally where one person fills four administrative roles. Yeah, yeah, we have. They get four full-time salaries. But we've also seen how many schools close in our area that's simply because of the number of kids that's because so many people are leaving new york well it's yeah that's a that's a, a huge year. that's a huge huge thing. why would anyone want to come here i you know if i didn't have name one good reason if i didn't have well let me see one good reason to live in new york one to really, come here s- snowmobiling if you yeah. like snowmobiling upstate new york is a dreamland yeah um, but other than that, go away. Run yeah. as yeah. fast as you can. Yeah. You can't do anything here. No. I mean, if you're into cars, run. Just run. Yep. Every every winter, your car is going to be ruined because we yep. salt the roads. Yep. Nobody else salts it like we do, and your car will be rotted in three years. Yeah. If you like uh, hunting, don't come here. You can't yep. have the guns you want. If you like 
anything. Yeah. Anything you like, your kills. Yeah. If they don't like it, if if one person in New York State doesn't like something, they beat it with a stick to death. Yep. And so that's my thing is my let's look at what teachers are, right? If you're going to trust your teacher, your your child's teacher, right? You know, you have a son. Wouldn't you like that teacher to be well-educated? Of course. So arguably right now they are. They've gone to school. They have to get a master's degree. Yeah. Shouldn't they know what they're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Why can't we trust them to know what's best for our kids? Isn't that part of the job? Oh, yeah. I'd have to say, yeah. Right now what happens is an administrator goes in and tells the teacher, no, that's not what you're going to teach. I don't care about your strengths or your teaching methods or what works good for you. This is what we need to do so we can keep the doors open. Yeah. It's not about your kids at this stage of the game. It's about can we get enough money to support everything. And that money never goes to the kids. It goes to... New administrators. No, you know, one thing that kind of bothers me is, you know, we pay all this money for school taxes and everything, and they can't even, like, you know, one of the biggest gripes I hear from parents a lot is that they have to go out and figure out what school supplies to buy their kids. Yeah. Why can't the school just spend 40 bucks per kid to provide the school supplies? You want to know the worst part. It gets worse outside of this area. I work with some people that live in a different district. They need to buy 20 boxes of crayons for their child. 20? 20. Because they and everyone else in the class is responsible for filling the coffers of a shared pool of resources for the entire school. So the kids that cannot afford to buy things have something. Which, you know what? I get it. The problem is that... You can't buy your kids a special box of crayons. They're not allowed to use those. They need to get it from the shared thing. So they need to buy 20 boxes of crayons at the beginning of the year. (laughs) They need to buy X amount of this, X amount of that. It's crazy. I can't even. And all because all the funding for $4 billion out of like a $60 billion a year budget for schools in new york four billion comes from the federal government that four billion is given because they control everything else for a fraction of the total budget they get their fingers in everything and ensure that people that don't necessarily need it get the money and i mean our school district is actually not that bad we don't have we have a lot of administrators but it gets a lot worse. Like yeah, well, we, we live we in have an a, impoverished dif- district yeah, by we definition. Have a, we have a decent number of like what would be expected of principal, vice principal. I was shocked. Uh, I think you'd be surprised. There's more than you think, I'll bet. I was shocked to learn that the average is like 10 to 14 vice principals. I think we have six. Yeah, but that's throughout the whole thing, right? No, Not just, I, don't I don't think that's so. Changed. No, yeah, Trina um, works in the school, and there's a lot of administration. Yeah, well, I've talked to a lot of it teachers. It just keeps growing. And the teacher I t- trust, which obviously none of us want to mention names, Yeah, but she said, yes, you know, that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we need administrators. You know, I there's a lot of administrators that were in our school district that did a lot of great things for our school. 
But at some point, there's there's too returns. many hands. Yeah, there's that's all returns. it is. It's that's all it is. And I feel bad that some people that get into this position to try and there are some that get into the position to help kids, but in the end, they're just making it worse. And having an option, I believe. For these people to find some different employment would be great. Or other ways to work within the school would be amazing. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know. So, that there you go. There's two reasons why we think that you should vote Larry Sharp. Now, let's stop talking about politics. Just, and not even that. Why we will be probably voting for Larry Sharp, but why we believe that you should research the options. Yeah, you know what? I take that back. Don't Don't vote for Larry Sharp. Vo- do your research. Yes. Vote for whoever the heck you want. Yes. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So, something I wanted to talk about, and this is going to be very forced, wedging it in here. Squeeze her in there, boss. But I've got this dog. Oh, here we go. Dog and talk. And I just, so, I thought I knew a lot about dogs. Yeah, you, you watched some YouTube videos. So, I... Self-proclaimed dog expert here coming to you from YouTube.com. Yes, I'm a self-proclaimed dog expert. I'm so good at being around dogs. (laughs) Anyway, so... Flash forward, I mean backwards, to about a few months ago. (laughs) Unemployed. You know, and I'm a single guy with nothing to do. And I'm like, I've always pretty much had a dog or a pet growing up. And I took a long, hard look at it, and I said, you know what? Maybe I want to get a dog. And I said this to a lot of people. And I've found that a lot of people who want to say no won't say no. They'll just say, that's a lot of work. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's that's a big time commitment. And I, I kind of wonder if anyone ever goes, we're trying to have a baby. And they go... Well, I don't know. That's a lot of work. Just, you know, I mean, kids are a lot of work. I mean, and I mean, so I kind of went. They're up all hours of the night. I kind of went, oh, no, really? Because I had grown up when I was born, we had a dog. A few years where we didn't have a dog, but we had cats and, you know, cared for animals. And then, you know, we got Tucker. And I had been the around when the pupper. And, you know. I kind of knew what to expect, but obviously my parents did took the majority. The, you know, my mother. My mother was a saint, and Tucker was her dog. And everything I read, and I, I tried to sift through the best information, and they said, you know, if you're going to get a dog, and this is for everybody out there, it should never be a gift or an unsurprise, yeah, you know, yeah. a surprise. Yeah, don't unwrap a dog on Christmas. Yeah. Um, Not a good plan. But... You need to understand that giving a dog to a child is just not a right move. You know, they can have responsibility and help with the dog. Get him a fish. But at the end of the day, you need to be responsible for that. And I never knew that growing up as a kid. You know, you never think about the negative sides of it until you get older. And the fact that it's a living thing. Yeah. So when I started looking at the dog, I'm, I'm older now. So I'm like... What do I want from the dog? And I realized that that was a mistake right off the bat. But I also looked at... That's like, not what what your yeah. country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. But I looked... I did look at my current living conditions. You know, I have a small apartment. 
you know. So but, let me get the biggest dog. <laughs> but I live on, you know, large areas of land. We have farmland, all that stuff. Access them to some hiking trails, stuff like this. And I like large dogs. You know, bigger dogs. You know, I I've never been a fan of small dogs. But I was honest, and I went to somebody that I know that's a breeder, and I said, listen, this is what I'm looking, this is what I want. And she's like, well, you're saying you want an inactive dog, which is fine, but she's like, I don't think you should pigeonhole yourself into that. You know, I think you can learn a lot from an active dog. It will help you a lot because your heart's in the right place. You know, I from the get-go, I wanted to make sure that the most important thing was that the dog was happy. Believe it or not, my first choice when I was researching was a Great Dane. Mm. They're huge. Yeah, they're not small. But they do very well in small you'd, apartments. You'd need a really big purse if you really... <laughs> so, Great Danes do really well in small areas, but not as a puppy. Yeah. So, I reached out to a breeder and they said, if you can find a Great Dane that's been given up for adoption because... The people can't care for it anymore or the owners passed away. Perfect. Puppies? No. They grow fast. They're going to tear up the apartment. So I settled on the dog I have now. And let me tell you what. This dog has shown me that I was not at all prepared. Bro, if you think you weren't prepared for a dog. I get it. And I, I... it's funny because I see a lot of comparisons, but I also, I can put the dog in a crate yeah. when he's bad. Yeah. You can't. I can't lock my kid in a cage. Yeah. But I mean, it's just. I mean, I could. It just wouldn't be very, people might frown yeah. about it. I hate to use the word spiritual, but I've read a lot of dog books. And one of the big ones I like is by the monks of New Skeet, who are actually monks near here that have raised German shepherds. Really? For like I didn't 40 know we years. had monks in New York. Yeah, they're Roman Catholic. They're some kind of Christian monks, hmm. too. So they're not like. Oh, so they like yeah. shave that weird back spot of their head? No. No? Isn't no. that what they they're do? They're pretty normal. It's, yeah. it's really weird. But. They don't wear like brown robes with a waist yeah. belt? Nope. Hmm. Unless they're for service where they wear like what my, a normal My picture is. of what a monk is is totally out of date. I know, right? I know. T- I feel like every time I think of a, a Christian monk, I feel like they have a brown robe. And with, I think back to Vikings. And, yeah. And I think whenever I think of like a Tibetan monk, I'm picturing like an orange robe. And that shows our ignorance right there. <laughs> ignorant. Um, I'm ignorant. Jesse Itzler, Living with the Monks, amazing book. Yeah. That's where I heard about him. Yeah, Joe Rogan again. Yep. And yeah, he's, dude, shows me so much. But um, so they talk about this connection with dogs, but they don't, and which I respect a lot from religious folks, is when they don't force their religion upon you. They're just like, listen, when you do this, you'll have an experience that's somewhat spiritual. And I never got it until I just spent time with the dog in the woods and see how he interacts with it i'm like it's a whole different world for him like he's excited to be outside because he's seeing and sensing things that i will never see in yeah. my life yeah totally and different experience. I, so and it's crazy as it sounds he'll go over and he'll smell something and i'll get down on my hands and knees and just smell and you're a weirdo. Sometimes it's not that great, but sometimes I'm like, wow, 
this is like weird. And I look around and Corey. I just. Uh, Corey. Yeah. Half the time you're smelling poop. No. Yep. It's not. It's Sometimes poop. it's trails. It's poop. And it's just, it's fascinating to see how he is engaging with things that have been, will be, or have always been there. Yeah. And it's crazy. And I mean, it's just brought such an appreciation. Like I just, it's tough for people to understand, but I just like spending time with him in that environment. Aren't you guys adorable? Well, I mean, you walked with us. Yeah. And he's pretty well behaved. You had your son walking. Much less well behaved. Yeah. And he was just walking and, you know, he learned, okay, this little infant I'm not supposed to go near him because, you know, and with the stroller. Yeah. I told you, just keep going. And he'll learn he's not supposed to be in front of the stroller. And when he learned that, he's like, you saw how he acted. He was so excited, but he was respectful. He learned his place. And I don't mean that to sound like we're more important than the dog. It's just like, this is the social construct you learn your place, dog. And I just. I've had dogs before, but it's been a completely different experience because all I want for him is for him to be a dog and be happy. Yeah. You know, I don't care. I've told people, I'm like, all I care about is the fact that when I say come, he comes. And when I say stay, he'll stay. And we're working on those. He's a puppy. It's not going to be perfect every time. Like Man, today he walked across. All I want from my baby is for when I say come, yeah. come. And when I say stay, stay. Yeah. And he's it's just, also working on it. Yeah. <laughs> so like to me, it's taught me a lot about like emotions. Yeah. And I think you might see it with little mate too. Yeah. Because if you come home and you've had a miserable day and you just don't want to do anything and you're like, if I'm not happy or like positive around my dog, he reflects it. Yeah. But yep. if I'm understanding and like, it's it's weird. Someday, man, someday I'm going to look back on this time in my life when my son's as little as he is. And I'm going to be like, wow, that was a magical time. Mm-hmm. You know, that was awesome. That was so great. Right now, living in it, it's like, oh, God, why? <laughs> I mean, the so I I'm said. I'm so tired all the time. In some ways, a dog is better than a baby. You're treading on thin ice here, mister. I know, but here's the thing. He, I crate trained him. Third or fourth night, slept through the night. No problem. Yeah, huh? Oh, Much better nights. than a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Much better than a baby. I was up those three or four nights wow. every two hours letting wow. him out. Ugh. The problem is when I got him at eight weeks, he could run and had razor sharp teeth. Yeah. Yeah, babies don't have those. Yeah. So if imagine Nate at eight weeks old with razor sharp teeth and the ability to run. Well, if you uh if you saw his crib You'd be glad he didn't have razor sharp teeth. Yeah. Because uh, I I don't know if you know this or not, but when kids get teeth, they like to practice with them. Mm -hmm. So his crib has like bite marks in it where he like took a chunk out of wood. Yeah. I, uh, (laughs) I've never taken it. My old adult teeth would probably break in half if I tried to take a chunk out of wood. Probably. And I think, 
I'm not saying that it's exactly the same, but I think the big thing is when I took on this responsibility, I realized that the rest of Riker's life, he's going to be reliant on me in some fashion. Oh, that feeling that you felt, Mm -hmm. multiply that times 10 and that's how I feel about the fact that there's a human being in this world who calls me Dada. Yeah. But, oh, I mean, man. eventually the hope is that you can just ship him off. <laughs> and Yeah, this... and Riker will be in the, will be burying him by, way before then. Yeah. So, I... Kids, are, kids live at home now until they're 30. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It'll be 150 before he moves out. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> no, at uh, as great it goes now... He's going to be taking care of you before he graduates from high school. (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. But uh, I think... I don't want to compare it because they're two different things. Yeah, but there's some some similarities, but they're not the same thing. Yeah, but the other thing is that the people that treat a dog like a baby... Don't call yourself a dog dad right now. I'm going to disown you. You're, You're an asshole if you treat a dog like a baby. Yeah. And this is Yeah, because they're not. They're a dog. Yeah. They're a animal they have that different... has animal needs. Yeah, they have different needs than a baby does, 100%. Yeah. If you have a problem with your dog running after things or digging, don't get a dog. Yeah, get a cat. And, and if, if and cats that, just kind of oh, like chill and... Here's the thing. There's a lot of cats that love living inside. If you have a cat that likes being outside... Let you're it be in... outside. You're an asshole if you bring it inside. Because guess what that cat wants to do? It wants to hunt and eat things. Yeah. And you need to be okay with that. Yeah, don't be an asshole. That's yeah. the moral of the story. Yeah. I mean, all of this. So we talked about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, what did be, we talk about? I don't even remember. I know we talked about gubernatorial races in New York State. Why don't, is it called gubernatorial? Or I, whatever it is. It, it is. It's, 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 it's with a B. Why? Because they want to make people sound more intelligent when they say it right. I think it, right. it sounds stupid. <laughs> it could mean turning it. It sounds like someone like had a stroke while they were typing it. <laughs> no, so we talked about uh, we talked about dogs. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. We talked about if voting. You, along those lines, if you see someone walking their dog, do not instantly, or with a dog, do not instantly approach that dog expecting it. To be nice or whatever. Just leave the dogs alone. You can ask. <laughs> leave Brittany alone. Yeah. Cause yeah. Alright. Yeah. So anyway. So so yeah. Don't be an asshole. Yes. With dogs or cats or any animal that wants to be itself. Let yes. it be itself. Just yes. don't be an asshole. Uh vote. Vote. Yeah. Go out and vote. Yeah. No, I don't care who don't be an asshole. Go out and vote. And also don't be an ignorant asshole. Go out and research before you vote. Yes. Learn who you're voting for and what they stand for, okay? Yes. Don't just vote because you're a Republican. Don't just vote because you're a Democrat. Yes. Don't do it. Voting right? does matter, especially on this level. Yeah, it, do- it does. Even if even if you think it doesn't, it does. 70% of us don't. Go vote. And then we talked about other stuff. I don't remember what. Don't be an asshole. Well, we started with Bushmills. <laughs> and yeah, now drink, I'm done with the Bushmills. Drink good whiskey. Uh, don't be an asshole and buy cheap crappy whiskey and um smoke cigars <laughs> yes do all kinds of things and enjoy it responsibly my friends yes cheers cheers